Well, this morning we're going to continue our sermon series, Desert Wisdom. For these last few weeks, we've been exploring the the wisdom of the people called the Desert Fathers and the Desert Mothers, these followers of Jesus who, in the early days of the church, went out into the desert in the land of Egypt, and they, they sought God through prayer and fasting and solitude and silence. As we begin this morning's message, uh, Caitlin Fivecoat is going to share a gospel reading with us. Open your hearts to God. Listen for God's voice as Caitlin shares with us this reading from Matthew chapter 14. When Jesus heard what had happened, he withdrew by boat privately to a solitary place. Hearing of this, the crowds followed him on foot from the towns. When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them and healed their sick. As evening approached, the disciples came to him and said, This is a remote place, and it is already getting late. Send the crowds away so they can go to the villages and buy themselves some food. Jesus replied, They do not need to go away. You can give them something to eat. We have here only five loaves of bread and two fish, they answered. Bring them here to me, he said. And he directed the people to sit down on the grass. Taking the five loaves and to the two fish and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. Then he gave them to the disciples, and the disciples gave them to the people. They all ate and were satisfied, and the disciples picked up twelve basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. The number of those who ate was about five thousand men, besides women and children. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So these last couple weeks we've heard about some of the most famous of the Desert Fathers and the Desert Mothers. We've heard stories of Father Anthony. We've heard stories of Father Macarius. This morning, we're going to hear a story about three desert fathers who were so obscure that nobody ever even thought to write down their names. Now, the story goes like this. There were once three friends who were pious and faithful and devoted to God. And these three friends, these three men decided that they were going to devote their lives in service to God. Now, the first man had a a passion for peacemaking. And he said to his friends, I'm going to go about the world and wherever I find strife, wherever I find conflict, I'm going to teach people the way of Jesus. I'm going to show people how to live in peace. The second friend had a passion for comforting and caring for the sick. And so he said to his friends, he said, I'm going to go out into the world and wherever I find sickness, I'm going to sit by the bedside of people who are suffering I'm going to share God's healing with them. I'm going to share with them the hope of of resurrection and new life in Christ. The third friend, he said to his friends, he said, "I, I am going to go out into the desert and I'm going to seek God in silence and solitude. I'm going to seek God in fasting and in prayer. Well, these three friends, they went their separate ways and months went by, years went by. And then one day, just by chance, the first two men happened to meet each other in the street one day. And they started sharing stories and talking about all of the things that they'd been up to. And as these two men were talking to each other, the first man said to the second man, he said, you know, I have a confession to make. He said, after all of these years of of keeping busy and trying to make peace, he said, I'm I'm exhausted. He said, I feel like I'm, I'm right at the edge of burnout. He said, I've discovered that there are a lot of people who just don't want to live in peace. And I've discovered that you can't make people walk in the way of Jesus if they don't want to walk in the way of Jesus, he says. And I have become so frustrated with people, I can feel my heart getting harder and harder, and I feel like I'm just about ready to to give up on people entirely. 
And the second man said, I know exactly what you mean. He said, when I set out to comfort the sick, he said, I had no idea how much sickness there is in the world. I spent all day, day after day, sitting at the bedside of people who are suffering. And, and even though I spend long hours comforting people, it always seems like at the end of the day, the list of people I haven't visited just keeps getting longer and longer and longer. He said, it's got to the point where I've begun to resent the people who need me the most, the people who want me to stay at their bedside and take up my time and and get in the way of making my way down my visit list. He said, those are the people who, who I resent the most, the very people I'm trying to comfort. He said, I can feel, I can feel my own heart getting harder too. He said, I'm tired and burned out and I'm, I'm just about ready to give up as well. And as the two men commiserated, they had an idea. They decided that they would go out into the desert and they would look up the third man, their friend, and see what he had been up to over all those years. And so they went out into the wilderness and eventually they did find their friend, the third man. And when they found him, they rejoiced, not just because they were together again, but they rejoiced because they could see immediately upon meeting their friend that he was well. He was not just healthy in his body, but they could see that he was healthy in his spirit. He radiated compassion. He radiated goodness. He was shining almost with the, the, the compassionate goodness and mercy of God. As they talked to him, they discovered that as their hearts had been getting harder and harder, his heart had grown more and more tender. His heart was filled with love for the world and for all of the people in it. And finally, the the two men asked their friend a question. They said, we want to know, how did you do it? Where did all of this compassion come from? What have you been doing out here in the desert all of these years? And the third man was silent for a moment. He didn't answer their question. Instead, he finally got up and he went and he fetched a pitcher of water and a a bowl, a kind of basin. And then he gave the pitcher to his friends and he said, I want you to pour the water into the basin. And so they did. And as they were pouring the water into the basin, the third man said to his friends, no, I want you to look as you're pouring. I want you to look into the basin, look all the way into the bottom of the bowl and, and tell me what you can see. And so the two men looked into the basin and they said, well, we, we can't see anything. The water is all churned up. He said, okay, now just wait. And so when they had finished pouring the water, they waited. They waited one minute. They waited two minutes. They waited and waited until the water was finally still. And then the third man said to his friends, he said, now look in the bowl and tell me what you see. And this time the two men looked in the basin and they said, well, we can see ourselves. We can see our reflections perfectly clearly. And the third man said, this is how it is with people who are always busy, busy, busy for God. He said, we work and we work into our souls, our hearts, our mind are so churned up that we can't see ourselves clearly and we even lose track of God. He said, but if we can learn to be still, if we can learn to wait in patience and solitude and seek the presence of God, he said, eventually we will will come to see ourselves clearly. And that's when God really begins to work on our hearts. He said, when we begin to see ourselves clearly, when we see ourselves with all of our sins and all of our rough edges, suddenly it's that much harder for us to look down on other people and judge other people. 
And when we see ourselves clearly with all of our sins and all of our rough edges, we realize how much grace God has given to us, how much forgiveness God has shown us, and we become truly thankful. He said, when we begin to see ourselves clearly in that still and quiet place in the presence of God, that is when God softens our hearts and fills our hearts with compassion. I've been thinking about that story this week. I've especially been thinking about those two friends who were always busy, busy, busy for God. Those two friends who were bound and determined that they were going to go out and save the world of their own strength, of their own effort, of their own willpower. Those two men remind me of a lot of Methodists I know. You know, I've, I've met a lot of people these last few weeks who have decided that they're going to fill this time of quarantine, they're going to fill this pandemic with lots of good works and lots of good deeds. And it sometimes seems as if we're trying to push away our anxiety, push away our worry and fear by keeping our hands and our minds busy. And the wisdom of the Desert Fathers is, is in discovering that all of that busyness, all of that busyness actually just draws us farther away from God and farther away from ourselves. Now, this week I've been having conversations with court streeters who, who are on the edge of exhaustion and burnout for one reason or another. Earlier this week, I had a conversation with a court streeter who cares deeply about, about caring for the community and about protecting the vulnerable among our, our church family and, and in our neighborhoods. And this court streeter has spent a lot of time on social media lately trying to help people understand why it's so important for us to follow precautions and take the the coronavirus pandemic seriously. As this person has been advocating for, for public health and safety and the common good and care for our neighbors, this person confessed to me, this court streeter confessed to me, he said, you know, I'm, I'm getting to the point where I'm just worn out and, and exhausted and I'm not sure how much more I can do this. I don't even think this is good for me. He said, I'm finding that, that I'm angry all of the time and all I do is get into fights and arguments with people on social media. He said, I can feel, I can feel my heart getting harder one day at a time time. I talked to another court streeter who's been spending the last few weeks on the phone, long hours every day on the phone with a friend who's going through some things. And this court streeter has been trying to to counsel her friend and to give good advice. And she's been spending hours in prayer, praying that her friend would, would make good decisions. And over and over again, she's watched as her, her friend continues to make bad decisions, wrong decisions, decisions that, that lead, lead them away from, away from God, away from wholeness. And finally, she said to me, she said, I'm just exhausted and burnt out. And, and I'm really so frustrated with my friend that I can feel my heart hardening to my friend. And I'm just about ready to give up on them. And this week I had a conversation with a, another court streeter, somebody who I look up to, somebody who I consider to be a, a kind of a spiritual role model. I called this person up because I know that they spent the last several weeks doing all sorts of, of charitable works and, and acts of generosity and kindness. And I called this person up and I asked if they would, if they would put together one of our daily devotions. And when I asked this person if she would do one of our daily devotions, she said to me, she said, oh, I just don't think I could do that. 
She said, if I were to try to lead people in devotion right now, she said, I think I would feel like like a phony. And I said, what do you mean by that? And then she started listing for me all of the things that she's been doing these last few weeks, all of the good works, all of the acts of charity and generosity that she's been doing. And then finally, she said, I've been doing so many things these last few weeks that I, I haven't been spending any time in devotion with God myself. She said, as a matter of fact, at this point in, in the pandemic, I'm feeling I'm feeling pretty far away from God myself and I just don't think I can can go out there and try to share with people something that I I myself don't have. Now, the danger, the thing that worries me is that that we are going to end up like like people who are spread spread like too little butter over too much toast. Now, the thing I'm worried about right now is that Methodists who are so used to being busy, busy, busy are going to come out the other end of this pandemic burned out and exhausted with our hearts hardened by all of this experience. And, and my, my counsel, my guidance, my wisdom right now, the, the wisdom we receive from the desert fathers and the desert mothers is that the way to avoid that, the way to keep our hearts tender, the way to, to fill our hearts with compassion as we make our way through this moment of crisis is to is to find the the presence of God in moments of stillness, in moments of solitude. And Jesus understood that wisdom. If we read the Gospels carefully, one of the things that we discover is that Jesus is constantly slipping away from his disciples. He's always slipping away from the crowds in order to spend a few quiet minutes alone with God. At the very beginning of his ministry, Jesus goes out into the wilderness and he spends 40 days in fasting and in prayer. He wrestles with demons. He experiences temptation. And then when Jesus comes out of the wilderness and he begins his ministry, over and over again we find he steps away from the crowds and and keeps on seeking God in those quiet places out in the wilderness. That's what we see Jesus doing in today's reading. As we pick up today's gospel reading, we find that Jesus has just received some some terrible news. Jesus has just learned that his cousin, his mentor, his teacher, John the Baptizer, has been killed. John the Baptizer had a, a habit of speaking the truth about powerful people. And eventually those powerful people pushed back. They had John arrested. They had him imprisoned. They had him executed. And when he hears about the death of his cousin, John, Jesus is is stricken by grief and by sadness, but Jesus feels something else as well. Jesus feels fear because he knows that he is walking in the footsteps of his cousin, John. He knows that someday his path will take him to that very same place, that one day he also will be arrested and imprisoned and put to death. And in that moment of grief and sadness, in that moment of, of worry and fear, Jesus, Jesus does what he so often does. He, he withdraws from the crowds. He gets in a boat all by himself. He sails away from the crowds and he tries to find a place where he can have some, some solitude with God. But on this particular day, solitude isn't easy to come by. The, the crowds, the thousands of people who have gathered are desperate for the presence of Jesus. And so as he's sailing along the shore, the people follow along on foot. They hurry to keep up with Jesus. And by the time Jesus puts the boat ashore, there are thousands of people waiting for him. And as Jesus looks at those thousands of people waiting for him, you might think, you might think as he steps out of the boat that Jesus would feel angry. You might expect that Jesus would snap, that he would lash out at the crowds that he would say, can't I even get five minutes of peace from you people? You might, you might expect that Jesus would be angry and frustrated. 
But the Gospels tell us that that's not, that's not what Jesus does at all. The Gospel reading this morning tells us that as he steps out of the boat, as he sees all of those thousands of people waiting for him, the Gospel tells us that Jesus is filled with compassion and he spends time laying hands on the sick and he spends time counseling the troubled. And when it comes to be supper time, Jesus is so overwhelmed by compassion that he even himself decides to, to feed the crowd's dinner. Where does that compassion come from? Why is it that Jesus is able to be so compassionate and tender-hearted in a moment that honestly would drive me to snap and lash out and become angry with people? Well, all of that compassion comes, comes from the silent moments, the still moments, the moments of solitude that Jesus spent in the presence of God. Jesus, as he was fasting, learned how to have compassion for the hungry. And as Jesus was wrestling with demons in the wilderness, he learned to have compassion for those who are tired and afraid. As Jesus experienced temptation, he he learned to have compassion for those who made bad decisions and were in need of forgiveness. Jesus in the desert, in the moments of silence with God, he learned how to be compassionate. And you and I can do the same thing. It's really not that hard to start. The first thing that you have to do if you want to to find a tender heart in the presence of God is simply to stop. The world won't give you permission to do this, but I as your pastor am giving you permission to stop. And God, in fact, is commanding you each day to stop, to find a quiet place, to find a still place, to, to sit in the presence of God. And then when you found that quiet place and that quiet moment, turn your thoughts, turn your heart, turn your mind, turn your attention to God. I'm going to be honest with you. The, the first time you try this, you're going to discover that it's not easy. The first time you try to sit in in stillness and turn your thoughts to God, you're going to discover that it's hard to make your mind be still. You're going to discover that you don't have nearly as much control over your own thoughts as you think you do. You're going to find that your mind suddenly starts putting together to-do lists and shopping lists. You're going to find yourself having conversations with people who aren't even there in the room with you. You're going to find anxiety and worry and fear creeping around the edges of your mind. You're going to find that your mind wants to rest and settle any Anywhere but on God. And when that happens, here's what you do. Forgive yourself. It's like that for everybody. It's that hard for everybody. Forgive yourself and then start over again. Gently turn your heart, turn your mind, to your, turn your thoughts back to God. And when your mind wanders again, forgive yourself and have grace with yourself and turn your heart and your mind and your thoughts back to God. And as you do this over and over again, as you forgive yourself and learn to be gentle with yourself and turn your focus and attention back to God over and over again, eventually there will come a moment, finally you will find a moment when the water is still and you can see yourself clearly. And when you reach that place, when you've practiced forgiving yourself and being gentle with yourself, when you have learned how to love yourself, then you'll be ready to love everybody else too. Let's pray. God, we pray that you would make our hearts still. We pray that you would make our minds still. We pray that you would make our hands still. We pray that you would help us to see ourselves as we truly are. That we would stop looking down on others 
that we would give thanks for the grace and the mercy that you have shown us. That our hearts would be filled with compassion. That we would come to love the world as you love the world. All these things we pray in Jesus. Amen.